0: Like most veterans, you know, that, that saw combat, we, we saw things that normal people shouldn't even see. We saw things that people shouldn't be even part of, and and that changes you. And you have to be able to find something that can help you deal with that and also be able to find peace for yourself. And Flowers was it, and, and I don't regret it at all. I, I look at every day as a fantastic thing. And, and part of my life, and just like yoga, it's provided such a, a grounding mechanism for me, and I, I can't you know, stress it enough.
1: Hi, I'm Derek Mills, welcome to the GLOW podcast. GLOW members who are either in the military, first responders, or in various healthcare roles, often write to us to share how GLOW helps them support their resilience, and cope with incredibly demanding work experiences. So we wanted to start a series of interviews to learn more about these heroic people and their healing strategies, those putting their lives at risk to serve others. My conversation with Charlie Jordan is the first in this series. I met Charlie first in some photographs by Robert Sturman. Robert, an internationally celebrated artist who has done an interview with me for an earlier podcast episode. Created some memorable images of Charlie in yoga poses while wearing a kilt, military flight gear, and combat boots. There's another great one of Charlie doing tree pose on top of a hay bale with a Texas Longhorn next to him. These photos, and we'll add links to them in the show notes, capture a sense of the life distance Charlie has already covered. He's a veteran with more than 28 years in the U.S. Army, a former Special Operations Aviator with multiple tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. During his journey as a soldier, Charlie discovered yoga and breath work. He shares how these practices have changed his life and like he says, very likely saved his life after his years in the military. Today, he's a college professor and a flower farmer, the owner of Jordan Flower Farms in Tennessee. He wrote a caption on an Instagram post to one of the photographs Robert made of him. In it, he refers to how his farm is his studio and the pasture his map, that these are places he finds true peace, love, and light. We find out what that means to him. And we also discuss horticulture therapy, the ways yoga and connecting with the earth have changed him. And we learn about an organization for veterans called Connected Warriors. If you're a veteran, we put a link to Connected Warriors in our show notes. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Charlie Jordan. Hi, Charlie, it's great to be here with you. Thank you for uh, taking us up on our invitation, I'm grateful.
0: Absolutely, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here.
1: So, as I mentioned in our introduction, you were in the U.S. Army for 28 and a half years. I'm grateful for your service to our country. Thank you. I'm hoping that uh, you'll share whatever it is that you want to share with us from that period of, of your life. Before we navigate our way to that point in our conversation, I want to say, and I was mentioning this to our producer before you popped in, as I was prepping for our conversation i was reading and taking in your website and your instagram feed and i noticed (laughs) as i was doing so i started to feel more grounded and more relaxed seeing you smiling with flowers taking care of them experimenting with them lying down with and resting your head on one of your cows i think it was zippy if i remember correctly (laughs) (laughs) you speaking with your animal friends you mm-hmm. in yoga poses with animals around you, your beautiful uh, bouquets of flowers, your combination of flowers. You receiving awards, your sweet service dog dagger. I think that's mm-hmm.
0: that's uh, it. That's correct.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Some of your successes and certifications that you're sharing. Like I could go on and on, and hopefully we'll mm-hmm. get into some of that as well. But sure. I think I think a good starting point would be how it is that we came to be here together, we learned about you through our mutual friend, Robert Sturman. And for those, not, uh, for those listening not familiar with Robert, he's an incredible photographer who finds deep meaning and connection in photographing people with rich histories, diverse backgrounds, including first responders and people in military service. His photos are so beautiful and powerful, and I encourage our listeners to check out his work. And also, I I did a conversation or had a conversation with Robert uh, in a previous episode, and we'll link to that in our show notes. So let's start there. How do you know Robert, and how did you both uh, end up coming together to shoot the beautiful photos that you took together?
0: Uh absolutely. And and again, thank you so much for, for having me on and be able to have this opportunity to do this. Uh and thank you for Robert, yeah, for uh for for lending my name out to uh to do this also. So I, I met Robert, uh it was it was really by accident. I uh I was involved with the Connected Warriors uh program on uh, Fort Campbell um at the uh, in my organization that I was in and uh I found out that uh, our coordinator had invited um, a, uh, photographer to come out and take some yoga pictures. So I was like, okay, great. And they said, would you be interested? And I said, sure. And I said, his name is uh, said his name is Robert Sturman. I said, awesome. I said, I had no idea who this is, but, uh, but this sounds really cool. So I went, uh, and I said, well, what do I wear? And, uh, they told me, you can wear anything you want. And I said, well, can I wear my kilt? Cause I love doing yoga in my kilt. I think it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So, uh, of course they said, well, sure. And, uh, so I showed up <laughs> out to the, to the set and uh, and I saw Robert, and Robert basically looked back at me, and I think right then we, we our friendship began. And uh, he friendship was like, at, really? at he first was really, sight. Yeah, he was really uh, really excited to uh, to take you know some photos. So we did a couple of photos in my in my kilt and uh, my flight gear. Uh, I had my vest on, I had my helmet on, I had my uh, kilt on. And, uh, and some combat boots. And uh, we did a series of photos and, uh, and then we just started talking afterwards and, uh, and it wasn't a long conversation. It was, it was rather quick, a um, couple of little points there. And then, uh, and then I went about my business and uh, Robert continued to do some photos for the day. And uh, then uh, we just kind of started, uh, you know, texting, emailing each other. Um, and, uh, you know, he showed me the photos he took. I really liked it. And he seemed to really gravitate towards, uh, towards me and towards, you know, what I was doing. And, uh, we just started exchanging, you know, information and exchanging stories, uh, about what I was doing, about what he does. Um, I just found him to be a very fascinating guy, uh, and a very, and from now, uh, an, an absolute great friend that, uh, that I'm so glad that I met. And, uh, we uh, we met up again um, at a uh, Asheville Yoga Festival um, a couple not too long after that a couple of months after and we did a few more uh, photos I attended a couple of his sessions um, that he was given at the uh, at the festival and uh, our friendship just grew um, and then Robert uh, uh, came out to the farm one, one day uh, he just showed showed up said, hey I'm in I'm in uh, the area. I'm traveling from Memphis and uh, seeing if you're available. I said, "Heck yeah, I'm always available," you know, to talk to you. So he came over to the farm, uh, got to experience the farm firsthand. We took some great photos, and uh, and our friendship just seems to constantly grow. You know, I mean, it, and it's great because uh, he's one of those friends that I don't have to. It's like I don't have to constantly talk to him every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may talk maybe once a month, maybe once every two months, but every time that we talk, it's like you know we haven't missed a beat. And, uh, and that's what I find so, so magical about our friendship and for him as a, as a person, you know, I think our, our personalities just click together. Um, I find us both to be very caring, big hearted people, uh, who really, uh, you know, who want to reach out to the world and, and share what we have. And, uh, and I'm so glad that I, that I did meet him. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I love that about Robert too. I'm the same. I tend to remain friends with people with whom I, I don't have to keep in touch with them. Right. Regular basis.
0: Exactly. You know, we're so far apart. He's California and Tennessee, but uh, you know, it's, it's great. And I hope one day that I can actually get out to this place out in California. Hopefully soon.
1: Nice. I was wondering, you mentioned the photo, of you with your helmet on wearing the kilt. I was wondering how that photo came to be. So. <laughs> <That is laughs> yeah, funny.
0: it was, uh, I, you know, I've I've, I've always been kind of outside the box kind of guy and doing stuff a little differently. So uh, I just saw that as a great opportunity and uh, nobody told me no. Uh, so I went for it. Yeah. So Robert Robert encouraged me the whole time. So I loved it.
1: I like it. I like it. And then the second time you guys came together, is that the one where you – Shot the photo of you on a hay bale in tree pose with your cattle yes, around you.
0: Yes, he uh, and and I don't think we really planned to do any photos when he came out. He just you know, he uh, he just wanted to come out and visit and uh, and was and he mentioned, Hey, you want to do some photos? I said, Yeah, I got some, you know, I want to go out to my uh cattle pasture and uh, then we can go over to uh, a little bed and breakfast uh, that's down the road and we can take some photos. And uh, he was all for it, and uh, and that's how those photos came to be. And a lot of those were just. Off the cuff, you know, whoever thought about staying on top of a hay bale and some overalls doing a tree pose with the Texas longhorn next to you, <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's really uh, kind of, <laughs> it's not everyday thing that you'd see, but, uh, but that was, that's, that was part of my life. And I, I wanted to definitely include it.
1: Yeah. The photo that I'm referring to, we'll put the link to that in our show notes as well. Uh, I don't know if it was the first time you posted it, but the one that I saw was posted July 1st, 2019 And Mm -hmm. you had a beautiful caption. Do you mind if I read that caption?
0: Sure, Because I think that will
1: lead us then to how you first experienced yoga and and the work that you're you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So you wrote, uh, quite vulnerably, you wrote, One of the most difficult things for me to do is to look at a person in the eyes. I've chalked it up to either shyness or the thought that the said person may see a struggle that is getting harder to get past. I honestly thought that my transition out of the military into a new chapter would go much smoother. I never would have imagined the huge roadblocks that have been thrown into my path. Memories and thoughts that I suppressed for so long are now making themselves known again. I lean on my farmer and yogi ways more and more every day. My farm is my studio and the pasture is my mat. This is the only place where I can find true peace Love and light. Charlie Jordan. That's correct. So how did you come to experience the farm as your studio in the pasture as your map? Uh
0: it's uh it's 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 actually a long story. Um it's uh it's a story uh, um that started in my childhood. Um, you know, and and uh, we can you know get into, you know, things that have shaped me throughout my life and, uh, and definitely my childhood, you know, as, as anybody usually would, would shape who they are. Um, I, uh, I grew up, uh, in a military family. Um, and I, I've, I've really, I've never known not to have, as I say it, a green ID card. Um, I've been always in the military, uh, in some shape or form, uh, before I actually joined the, the army myself. Um, and, uh, I, I had the opportunity to live in uh, South Dakota, uh, Sioux Falls, for uh, a few years um, back in the early '80s, and uh, my grandfather was an army recruiter um, and got stationed there. and uh, And this is coming from uh, from Florida, where I was living at the time, and uh, and I got to experience things that that uh, you know I probably would have never experienced had I not went to South Dakota. And a lot and that had to do with agriculture, um, and uh, I. You know, I, I some reason it just captured my, my imagination and just captured everything about me. Um, I had friends that I went to school with. Uh, I vividly remember and I was like 10 or 11 years old, but th- they were farm kids. Uh, I had friends who were uh, who were Sioux, Sioux Indians who actually, uh, you know, had lived in the community and went to school with me and some of them were my, my best friends. And, uh, on the weekends I got, I had the opportunity to go out and experience the farm with them and to see this, you know, this world. And, uh, you know, it was a mixture of, I remember I got to go on a cattle farm. I got to, or, and I got to experience a regular kind of row cropping type farm. Uh, I got to experience, uh, being, you know, with uh, Native Americans and, and, and actually, you know, staying over at, the, at their house and, and, you know, uh, being friends and experiencing all of that. And, and it just really, it really shaped me, you know, those two years were, were so important. Um, and, and I just, I never left me. Um, agriculture just stayed with me. Uh, you know, we moved back to, uh to Florida, Gulf Breeze, Florida. It was my hometown. So we moved back afterwards and I spent the rest of my years up until 1989 when I joined the army, but I didn't get to really experience, uh, agriculture again, you know, but it was always burning in my heart. That's something I always wanted to do. Sure. My grandma had, you know, a nice pretty garden and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I experienced. And when I was in South Dakota, um, And that just kind of followed me. It just stayed with me. Um, I I did my time in the military and about, uh, it was 2000-ish timeframe, the opportunity to have a farm uh, came into my path. And I was like, I'm taking it. I'm taking this opportunity. Uh, I was in uh, South Korea at the time uh, doing a tour and uh, i you know while i was there i got to experience a little agricultural uh, immersion uh, there also uh, when rice paddies and i volunteered to help out in the local economy so the time came for me to have my own farm so i purchased it in uh, 2001 and uh, and everything has been fantastic since it's been a wonderful my farm has gone through so many different uh changes uh you know livestock uh you know Regular flowers or regular vegetables. Now I'm into flowers, uh, and uh, all that, all those that transition that I went through in all those years up until today in my agricultural world. You know, it really has helped to ground me and helped to find peace for me. Um, you know, as as the uh, as you mentioned in in this story I had wrote, um, transitioning out of the military is not an easy thing. Um, I, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, I was an institutional man. You know, I, all I ever known is somebody telling me what to do, you know, the government, you know, the army telling me when I eat, when I, uh, you know, supposed to be in formation, when I would deploy, where I need to be. And, uh, and believe it or not, I loved it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. It was structure. Um, and there's, uh, there's, you know, there's other things that, you know, associate with me. One is, uh, bipolar so bipolar disorder. So, and it, that was something I was found actually after I got out of the military, but everything now has come to make sense to me of, of why I thrived in the military, um, as being a, somebody who had bipolar, um, I, I needed structure. Uh, I needed, uh, I needed good, strong leadership in my life. Uh, I needed to where, you know, I could, you know, have my purpose and what I was going to do uh, for that day, and uh, and that's how I lived my life for the next 28 and a half years. And uh, once I got out, the transition from military civilian um, is something they don't they 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 kind of dive delve in. I should say a little bit in the in the army military. They give you a little bit of transition out of the army. Um, some some stuff you can do classes. It's more or less a transition assistance program, but. It don't really uh, prepare you for, for the real world in which you're entering. Um, and you no longer have that structure. You know, all that's gone. Um, it's up to you now. Uh, it, it was up to me to be, you know, to find that structure. And I had agriculture and agriculture is what provided that structure for me. Uh, yoga is what provided that structure for me. Um, I found, you know, that, again, I could be in the worst mood ever possible. And as soon as I step my foot onto my cattle pasture or now into my flower fields, all of that is negated. Um, it's, Mm it, it, it gets pushed behind me and, and now the focus is on what I'm doing at hand and that's the structure I needed. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, paid dividends. I mean, it's kept me straight. It's, uh, you know again it, it keeps me out of trouble uh, it keeps my head straight um, it it provides me something to do on a daily basis and uh, and the best thing about it is well I don't have a boss anymore I'm my own boss and uh, and i and I take i don't take that lightly you know everything i I do on my farm I take very seriously, but at the same time, I understand that the the healing uh, aspects of it uh, are just immense um, I, I can't say it enough you know when I combine my yoga. Uh, with agriculture, I just found a double uh, type of grounding for me, mm. you know, that really sets me straight and, and my everyday activities. Um, and, uh, agriculture is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not really forgiving, you know, it's, it's, uh, you mess up, <laughs> it, it's going to let you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I have to be on, on top of it on a daily basis. And I like that because that is, that's how I was in the, in the military. Uh, I had, I was an organization that required me to be top of the, top of the, you know, the lists and top of the Hill and the tip of the spear. You know, I had to be, I had to be that way. And, uh, and I loved it. And, uh, and again, I I love what I'm doing now.
1: Specifically, are you referring to special forces? Uh, yes.
0: Special operations. Special operation.
1: And what was the gap between retiring from the army to starting your farm?
0: It, no gap at all. Okay. Uh, I was, I started, uh, my farming dream, uh, in 2001, uh, started out with, uh, with livestock, with horses. Um, you know, just want to give it a shot. The horses led, uh, into, uh, to cattle, um, through, uh, through rodeo, uh, actually junior rodeo and high school rodeo with, uh, my stepdaughter at the time. And, uh, and then it just kind of, rolled into having cattle and doing uh, freezer beef operations. And uh, once, uh, once I was getting out of the army, um, there's there, I, I was looking for a change. I was looking to change my operation. Um, I love the livestock. I love the cattle, but uh, you know, I, I got kind of tired of you know having to get up at three in the morning and go chase a bull down the road. Um, that that just you know that kind of got old, <laughs> and I wanted to try something new. So I, I'm I'm a guy you know has a personality. I like I like change. Change is healthy, uh, and it's change is healthy for me. So I decided to uh, try vegetables, uh, and I think I tried that for about two months, <laughs> and I learned real quick that I'm not good at growing vegetables. So uh, that. That didn't last very long. So, uh, so in between the seasons, and I say this is 2018, uh, well, 2017, 2018, uh, I I went ahead and decided to uh, start studying more into floriculture, into flowers. Um, I did. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge entrepreneur at heart. Um, I like to call it a Uh And I I saw that hey, I, I have a I got a customer base here, um, and I have I have a niche market. Um, as I did with my freezer beef, um, and uh, so I decided well, let's try the uh, flowers. And uh, the one thing that I found is I, I can grow flowers. Uh, that's one thing I'm good at, and it. Uh, so I started the floriculture culture um, in uh, 2018, and I haven't looked back. Uh, this year was my best year, um, and uh, it's it's only going to grow bigger for me next year. Uh, but I found that you know floriculture culture is a a. Uh, an occupation that provides uh, smiles for people, and, and it, it brings smiles to their face. I, I've never once sold a uh, a flower bouquet to anybody that that had a frown on their face. They were always smiling. So, and that and that's what I love. Um, and if you do have a frown on your face, please come and buy one of my bouquets because i I guarantee it's going to put a smile on your face <laughs> that's,
1: what that's what I was it. getting at when I was looking at your instagram feed yeah they made absolutely, me, they made me absolutely. Smiling. Yes. the reason why i ask definitely. about the reason why I ask about the gap in time I, I would imagine that and i'm curious if this maps to your work with veterans um mm-hmm. in that transition mm-hmm. that One's mental health in transitioning out of the military uh, is likely to be more adversely affected if you're not transitioning into some form of activity or purpose, right? Uh, quite quickly, and so that's why I was curious yes. Uh, about. The, yes,
0: the gap no, in time I like absolutely what you just said. It's it's imperative, you know. And if you know any other, you know, tra- transition veterans, you know, that maybe actually listen to this uh, podcast that. You know, it is. It's so important to have a plan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't leave, you know, the military without a plan. Um, You need it. Uh, It's it's going to it helps that transition to be a lot easier. Um, It helps it, you know, flow better for you. Um, You're you're better prepared um, for the life now as a civilian. Um, You know, I, I, you know, I tell them I I make a great veteran, but I don't, I don't really make a a good civilian right now. You know, I'm still learning how to be a civilian. I've never really been one. Um, I have always been tied to the military and I still am tied to military. I'm saying I'm not by being a veteran, but, you know, just trying to, trying to learn how to, how to be a civilian. I mean, I never, uh, I never expected to go into corporate America. I, I knew I would not fit in, in corporate America. Um, So I, so I wanted to find something outside that one, I could exercise my entrepreneur dreams. Plus I could find something that not only provided a type of therapy for me, but also gave me the opportunity to share another type of therapy with my fellow veterans. You know, horticulture therapy is an amazing thing. Um, you can't um, you, you can't put down any part of being able to put your hands in the ground and to lift that soil up to you to be able to smell it, to be able to look at it, to be able to touch it. It leaves a lasting impression on you, um, no matter who you are. Uh, when you plant your first uh, seed in the ground and you let that seed come to full term and then it blooms through or either vegetable or flower form, uh, it's an amazing feeling You know that you did that. that that was an accomplishment that you did. And it's not to be taken lightly. Not everybody has a green thumb, (laughs) you know, some of them have, you know, have a, a, you know, black thumb that just, you know, completely kills everything they plant. And, and that was me at one point, but through education, I I found, you know, that, that I could do this and it's a challenge every day. I mean, my, you know, now as the season is starting to uh, come to an end, this is the, this is the prime time now for me. Now I'm the busy part again. Now it's planning for next year. Now it's getting ready to, you know, put some more compost on the ground and plant some cover crop for next year on my fields, uh, which, you know, that, that takes, that takes some learning also, you know, and all that, those parts every day, there's something, um, will I be rich, you know, being a a professional flower guy? Probably not. But you know that that's really not what I'm looking for in it. What I'm looking for, and in, in, for myself, is you know where I can find solace, where I can find calm in my mind. You know where, you know, like most veterans, you know that that saw combat. We we saw things that normal people shouldn't even see. We saw things that people shouldn't shouldn't be even part of. You know, and and that changes you. Um, and there's there you have to be able to find something that can help you deal with that and also be able to find peace for yourself. And, you know, and and flowers was it. And, and I, I don't regret it at all. I I look at every day as as a fantastic thing and, and part of my life. And just like yoga, uh, it's provided such a a grounding mechanism for me. And I, I can't, you know, stress it enough. And when I talk to my fellow veterans, I tell them, say, Hey, same thing, you know, find something that you love, find something that you, that you want to do, whether it's woodworking, metalworking, welding, whatever personal crap, art, you know, artistry and photography or, or painting and anything, Uh, Or, you know, even agriculture or something else, find something you love. Once you find something you love, just like when you joined the military, you love the military. And when you got out, find something else that you love and it'll keep you going every day.
1: That's a beautiful message.
0: I'm a really big open book. You know, I don't, you know, I, I freely. You know, I freely tell everybody, you know, that I do suffer from mental illness. You know, and it, it's part of me. You know, I can't. I go to hide it. You know, it's it's part of breaking the stigma. You know, that 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 is the worst thing that we have right now. In mental health is this stigma. You know, of uh, especially in the military. I'm you know too big and bad. You know, I'm a big special operations guy. You know, I can't go and get help. You know, bull crap. You know, I mean, you know, I, I flew into, you know, death path, uh, you know, path many a nights in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, And uh, I, I not once felt bad about going and seeking treatment. And I still, you know, I don't to this day. And I freely admit, you know, that, Hey, I deal with it every day. Um, And I just, you know, always want to reach out to other um, veterans and and other people too to say, Hey, look, there's, there's, there's no shame in the game, man, you know, go and get help. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it will just open up your world and your mind to so many things that you can finally take all that crap and just push it to the side. It may come back every once in a while. It does, you know, being that, you know, having bipolar, um, it's, it's an everyday management for me, you know, it's, it's, uh, the triggers, and triggering is it's sometimes hidden. You don't, you don't know it. And it's yeah. something simple as a, a chemical imbalance. And, you know, my dopamine is going to cause me to go off the rails, you know, but it's, it's a constant management. And that's where I found, you know, again, my agricultural life now, It just, it's just kept me, you know, I have my days, but it keeps me straight. It really does. And, uh, and, and a good set of meds and some good therapy and all of that combined. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> Yeah. I do a whole speech on it. It's basically a night with bipolar, um, and it's it's basically a, an explanation of look. I had no idea that that this is what I had. I didn't have no until I was forty eight years old. Um, it, it was you know an eye opener for me. You know, and don't know if it was triggered. You know, after my time in the army and when I got out, it just finally manifested itself. But you know, the army, um, the military in itself provided. Um, a basically my left and right limits. Um, so I, I found that through my, you know, through my own research and, and looking back in my past that I was in a manic state for 28 and a half years. Um, the military love for me to be, uh, in a manic state. That's right. when I accomplished the mission. You couldn't, right. you couldn't, you know, give me a mission without me, you know, wanting to succeed and, and knock it out because it was, again, it was a challenge. Um, but it also it kept it. I was able to focus all that manic energy into taking the fight to the enemy. You know, uh-huh. when I strapped on that you know uh, fifty thousand pound helicopter, uh, and I I became part of it. That helicopter came with me, and we were a fighting team. You know, and everybody in it was was you know in my charge. You know, and uh, and it really uh, it was amazing to to look back at all those moments and go, my God, you know, I was. I was running at 110% for 28 and a half years, you know, and, and sometimes it does bother me now, you know, after looking back, it's like how much unfortunate, you know, how much damage did I do to myself, you know, how much damage did I do to my mind, you know, through having the chemical imbalance for so many years and not being able to have a good treatment plan. Cause now with, you know, a good cocktail of, uh, some good antipsychotics and some great therapy, I'm able to look back at that and go, Oh my God, you know, what an, what a ride! <laughs> it really was. Yeah, you know, a lot of times, like I said, in the military, mental health is is you know, I remember many times, you know, definitely looked down upon. You know that you didn't go and and you know seek treatment. You didn't go and seek help. That was just something you didn't. If you did that, you were considered weak. And yeah. I'll just admit it, you were. <laughs> you considered weak, and and you know, not you know, not fit to fight and stuff like that. But it was just the opposite you know, for me, I mean, it, it it's what drove me, you know, and, and and having that, again, like I said, the structure and, and having, you know, somebody, you know, rewarding me for a job well done, you know, I mean, you know, I didn't get that as a kid, you know, I didn't get the reward structure, you know, I I, I always got the discipline structure, you know, that, that was the way it was, you know, I do believe that my grandfather suffered, from ptsd from vietnam and he also died because of uh, uh cancer caused by agent orange you know so you know he he was struggling too so it was hard to raise a teenage kid you know who had a lot of uh problems you know myself just in the in the family and in school i think it's just something it happens you know, everybody's different you know yeah. some people experience it when they get out some people experience it while they're in the military it's, it's really you know it's it's a crapshoot you know it's throwing the dice out there really so
1: in one of your posts and we'll come back to flowers in a moment and in one of your posts <laughs> you, you said talk about that all day <laughs> you said i'm a big fan of sustainable and regenerative farming practices and believe that success first starts at the soil level and i was mm-hmm. when i read that and and contemplating what you'd said earlier is part of the therapeutic benefit or output with respect to nurturing life, growing life, uh, mm. due to uh, the, the counterbalance from, as you said, experiencing mm. and seeing things that humans just shouldn't see. Yes,
0: absolutely, um, it does. It counterbalances the, you know, um, the. I would say the, <laughs> the the bad things. I'll just say the bad things that I that I did see. Um, you know, and I didn't, I granted, didn't see him every day, but I, they were part, it was part of my job. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't regret any of it. I'm proud to say that I was, you know, a, a soldier and a soldier for life. Um, but again, um, it is the counterbalancing of it, um, that, you know, being that I, I saw, you know, uh, let's just say sometimes the worst in humanity, um, that the being the soil level is regrowing. Um, the regenerative part, sustainability, you know, to take the soil. And you know, again, what I do, I make that soil my own. Uh, I become part of that soil. You know, that's my growing medium. That's, that's how I make my money. Um, that's how I, you know, grow the flowers that make people smile and make me smile. So yes, I, you know, that, that is a new base, you know, for me to become grounded, um, to have my feet, my hands in the soil, um, or I'm laying on the ground, you know, either way, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's starting new and starting over again. And that happens every season for me. Um, every season is a new season. Every, every season may be bigger than last. Every season may be more beautiful than last. And that's what I want. Uh, I don't want to just sit, and stay at one level. Um, my, my goal is to always keep moving and keep improving and to keep spiraling out just like a sunflower and the Fibonacci sequence, you know, spiraling out, starting from middle and going outward. That's, that's, that's what I want to do. I don't want to ever stop or ever become, you know, uh, in once and basically anchored in one, in one place, you know, always want to grow. And, uh, and that's, that is the best medicine ever.
1: And that growth mindset, attitude, mentality, was that always with you? And before you answer that, I, I wanna travel back in time, You know, as you were experiencing the worst in humanity, it was while you were in active duty, is that the right way of saying Yes, it? active duty, uh uh-huh. That's when you took your first yoga class, is that correct?
0: That is correct,
1: that is correct. So what, yes. was, that, what was that like?
0: Well, (laughs) it was interesting. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, of course I had seen yoga, you know, for, for, uh, long time. I, I, I just, that's just something I I didn't do. I was, you know, I was a run runner, you know, I've always been a runner. So that was where I got my, you know, say PT or physical training from, you know, that, that was, that was me, you know, riding, uh, doing, uh, um, small, uh, triathlons, uh, sprint triathlons that they were called, you know, that was kind of how, you know, I got my, my, uh, physical fitness, my enjoyment, of course, military, you know, you do PT, you know, quite a lot. And that's just part of the, part of the game. Um, but, uh, I was, I went, uh, I was, I was active duty and, uh, I decided, you know, that, Um, it was time for me to, I was coming on the, the, I was about a year out from retiring and, uh, it was 2016 and I decided, you know, I think, um, you know, I need to go talk to somebody. So I, I went ahead and saw a counselor, a psychiatrist and, uh, and they entered, they said, Hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you try yoga? You know, we, we got this program here, um, on the, uh, you know, installation where I was at, and it's called Connected Warriors. And why don't, you, uh, why don't you give it a shot? And I was like, I don't think I'm good for yoga. You know, I'm too too lanky, you know, <laughs> just don't think I'd be good at it. You know, so no, well, he said, well, it's not all about that. You know, it's about a lot of other things. So I was like, well, that that, that spurred my curiosity right when he said that. I was like, okay, well, there's more to it than just, you know, doing some uh, some stretches that, you know, I, I don't know if I could ever get into, but let's let's give it a shot. So, uh, so I did, I went to my first connected, um, warriors yoga class and, uh, I was hooked. I was like, this is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm got, you know, I'm in a, again, I'm in a group setting with a lot of my other fellow warriors and, and that was the best part. And, and we were all, you know, all of us, I looked around and said, we're all struggling together trying to do this, you know, downward dog, you know, (laughs) and up dog. And I said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in good company right here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and it just, uh, it just stuck with me, and I say like, you know, what? I I like this. Let me let me give it a little bit more um, go at it, and uh, and it just I just loved it. Um, you know, I started I was going to more organized classes. I started uh, going to uh, classes off the installation, out in the uh, out in the general public. You know, and that was uh, that was a little scary. You know, I was yeah. uh, afraid. I didn't want to be. You know, I don't want to be embarrassed. You know. I was, you know, here I am. You know, forty-something-year-old male. You know, didn't want to go in and look like an <laughs> idiot. That's the pride thing and uh, the ego thing. And and uh and I was like, you know, I, I think I could do this. I think I really love this. And it just kind of stuck with me. Um, and uh, I found it to be a very um, healing um, thing for me. I found it to be something I could uh, really apply myself in, and I found it to be so absolutely relaxing. Um, even in hot yoga, you know, sweating the death, you know, (laughs) in in hot yoga, you know, it's still, I I find so much peace in it. Um, and, and, and I love it, you know, and it, it, and none of it, you know, the good thing is I never experienced any trigger points, you know, taking yoga at all. No, you know, nothing with the heat. You know, I know that some people experience that other warriors and veterans have experienced that, you know, with the heat and and possibly would be in Iraq and Afghanistan and how that brings back memories. Um, I never did. It actually empowered me. Um, I felt, I felt just so much energy, you know, in the room and I, I just loved it. And I fed off the energy of all the other participants. Um, and then I started, you know, transitioning into my own practice, um, you know, cause I thought I, I, I felt like I had enough discipline that I could finally do it. And, and, and having, you know, uh, having to deal with bipolar and, and a little bit of the ADHD, it's, it's, uh, it's not easy <laughs> being your own, your own disciplined person. You know, mm-hmm. it, it does, it takes a lot. Um, but i found that yoga again provided structure uh, and that's what what i loved you know i i started really loving the Ashtanga series uh, practice and that's a very regimented um, series that you know you go through and i loved it um, and i still do it to this day not as much um, intense as i was doing it um, because honestly i, I really i don't have a lot of time. Uh, things have gotten really busy. Uh, so, uh, but whenever you know, I at least try to practice at least two to three times a week. And uh, it may be just general practice, or it might be an ashtanga practice, or it might just be me sitting cross-legged out in my greenhouse, um, listening to the birds and listening to my bees. Um, you know, and all the pollinators. And uh, I find that to be uh, I find that to be some of the pra- best practices ever.
1: <laughs> That's beautiful. You may have already answered this but you said after that first class or during that first class you were hooked was mm-hmm. there something in particular that came up for you that uh,
0: i believe if i can remember correctly i believe what it was was the the regimented the series the of going through the flow um the flow is what fascinated me um you know when just you know, generally working out, I just use that as a general experience, you know, and everybody's experiences are differently, but you know, like when I would, you know, go work out, it'd be, I'd go maybe do some push ups, maybe do some ups or something like that, go lift a little bit of weights, then go run. Well, there's really no flow to that. You know, it's basically just coming out with something off the cuff. Um, some people have a better regimented workout session than I do. I mean, I'm all over the place, but, uh, that's why I found yoga to be so awesome. And that's why I found the Ashtanga practice to be even, um, even more awesome for me is that the series of of the flow and how it goes, how you start, you start standing and then you end by laying on your back, you know, and and shavasana. And I just was like, this is fantastic. I get all worked up, get a sweat on, and then we just lay down for a few minutes and just enjoy the the you know the where we are at the moment. And I thought this is just fantastic, you know. And and everybody's different, you know. There and there's no. There's, you know, at least for for me, I I saw no judgment, you know, and a lot of times I I experienced that, like when I go to the gym, you know, and you go in there and it's just like, okay, forget this. Um, I I found yoga, even when I was going to practices, wherever I went, there was no judgment. Everybody was on their mat and that's where you needed to be. Um, You didn't need to be on anybody else's mat. You just need to be on yours and to concentrate on what you're doing because that's all that matters was yourself. It didn't matter what was around you. You listen to the uh, yoga instructor and the teacher and the um, cueing the poses for you. And then you you just concentrate on your little spot in the world and you just do your thing. And it doesn't matter how good you do it. Um, there's no judgment. And that's what I love about it.
1: Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned connected warriors. Are you involved with them in any way
0: um not a, i don't go to any more to classes uh just it's on uh, it's it just it's on the installation i go i don't go on fort campbell as much as i used to um but uh i still remain in contact with them um uh, judy weaver is, is an amazing person uh i met her um she's one of actually her and had and co-founded connected warriors. Um, and I met her one time at Fort Campbell. She came for a, uh, a teacher, uh, kind of, uh, class, I guess kind of a refresher thing. And I, I decided to participate in it. and I was in no way any close to being a, a yoga teacher. I just wanted to see what it was about. Um, and I met her then and had a really good conversation. We took a really cool photo together, uh, in front of the, uh, uh, one sixtieth uh, so you know, as I am 160th. Uh, Uh, emblem, the night stalkers. And, and I still have it to this day. Um, But, uh, you know, she just really, I I love the way her, her, her teaching skills were, you know, and I really, uh, and I loved it. And uh, I do want to try to, you know, revisit it uh, at some point when I can, but uh, just time just doesn't, uh, just doesn't allow it now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to flowers and how flowers make you and, and others smile. I believe in one of your Instagram posts, you said that the zinnia flower is your favorite. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And can, for those who don't know what a zinnia flower is, can, is there like, what's your relationship to it and and why is it your favorite? Well,
0: zinnias—it's—it's uh, a—it's a cultivar of of of, of flower. Um, there's several. I mean, I could sit here all day and probably give you every type of different, you know, cultivar of a zinnia that exists. Um, some of my favorites, though, are lime—the lime zinnias, um, lime greens, and also the binary giants. I—I um, uh, I fell in love with them because one thing—they are—they are absolutely probably the most hardy. Uh, plant or flower that I, that I actually, uh, cultivate it's, uh, and there's so many different, you know, colors and there's so many different shapes, um, that they give, you know, from the really small, uh, ones to big, uh, big dinner plate Dahlia size ones, you know, um, that you can get and they, and they just, they stand for friendship. Um, that's, that's what, uh, Zinnias are, you know, and, and when I give them out uh, in my bouquets, I, uh, I, it's, it's extending my hand in friendship is the way I see it. Um, and, you know, they're, again, they're the hardiest the thing I have. They're really, it's the only thing I have growing on my farm right now. <laughs> Everything else is, uh, <laughs> is called it a season. Um, you know, that's some flowers to saloja to, uh, to some of my, uh, my filler flowers, um, like, you know my, my herbs uh, that's the only, the only flower that survived right now. It's the only one. And it will be with me until the first frost sometime in October, uh, or November, depending on how it's going to go this year. But, uh, but they're just hardy and, uh, and they really survive a lot of stuff. And I just, I just see that as, you know, kind of myself, you know, that, you know, I've taken some nicks, I've taken some bruises, you know, I've, I've, uh, been through some things and, uh, and I, I come through, you know, in the end and I just see the zinnias being the same, you know, and I can relate to their, uh, (laughs) to their struggles during the summer, uh, you know, in the heat, (laughs) everything else, and they're just really hardy, and, uh, and I do love them. And, uh, I have so many people that, that are also a big fan of my zinnias and I, I love seeing them smile when I, uh, when I hand that bouquet to them.
1: Hmm. It's fascinating. It's as if Mm -hmm. they're a metaphor of view and how you view life and how you not only um welcome change but you 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 want change change is as a instead of practices that are maybe designed to uh stop change or numb change Mm -hmm. here it is you're you're involved with not only producing life that is symbolic of change but your, you know, in constant practices and efforts that are, you know, all around exploring change, pushing on the boundaries of change. And, you know, what 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 can I do, you know, more with this embodied life that, that you have? it's beautiful.
0: Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's, it's just like, you know, agriculture and yoga, um, both of them are all, you know, always changing. I mean, you, you don't always have to do the same practice every day on yoga. You can change it up. There's, there's, you know, I mean, there's so many poses. I mean, I have a book that I'm sure does not cover every pose that exists in the yoga world. And just like uh, agriculture, you know, and flowers, I, I don't grow every type of flower there is. I grow 52 varieties that doesn't even scratch the surface of what's out there. Uh, and there there is the challenge. There is the, the great part of it is the research, the uh, the going out and finding that information. And then when you get it and you go out and you grow it, there it is there. There's a the result. It's it's not instant. It takes about five to six weeks to see it. But but when it when it shows itself, it's amazing. And just like yoga, you're not going to see instant change right away in your first yoga course. Absolutely. Or yoga class. Of course not. Um, but you will feel something. Uh, and just like in agriculture, you will feel something. And it, it's up to you whether or not you want to continue with that feeling. And I did. And that feeling was always something positive. It was always changing. And and that kept me going. And it keeps me going every day.
1: I'm, I'm hesitating, so I don't know if this is a question that's appropriate to ask. But yeah, you, mm-hmm. you, you posted it on Instagram. And uh-huh. I believe... So you were raised by your grandparents, is that correct?
0: That's correct. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think when he passed away, you posted his black and white photo. Is that do I have that right?
0: That probably was that was that was my dad. That was my father. That was your father, okay. Yes. I I don't think I've posted anything on my grandfather. I'm not sure. And so he didn't have very many pictures. Right. So uh, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. So then for him you said you just didn't survive over seven years as a pow in vietnam you used it to influence so many okay
0: that is that was somebody different that was actually uh commander ralph gaither so uh, i i had the the great opportunity where i was living i I lived in a community that had a lot of veterans uh a military community is basically a veteran community for pensacola uh, Florida. So, and it was called Gulf Breeze, Florida. So, um, a lot of Navy, of course, there's Pensacola NAS, uh, Naval Air Station is there, uh, Corey Field, um, is in, uh, in Pensacola. So, and, and there's Air Force Base down the road, Eglin Air Force Base. So I was in a very, very deep military, uh, type of community, sort of like I am now here in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, but uh, I had the unique opportunity to meet, um, Ralph Gaither, um, he was a POW for seven years in Vietnam. Uh, and, uh, he decided to make his home in Gulf Race, Florida, um, where he was there with the, with the military, with the Navy. And then he retired and, uh, he was a school teacher and also was a, uh, um, a woodworker. He did his, uh, woodworking, which, uh, again, one of the things about getting out of the military and finding something you love, that's what he found that he loved. And this also, he did, uh, Woodlane and woodwork stuff while he was a POW. Um, so I, uh, when I met him, I think I was about 16, 17 years old. Um, and it, it, it had a profound effect on me. Um, I, uh, I didn't have the best uh, childhood, um, you know, uh, I guess, parenting um, family, I guess, at the time. Um, and I, I really needed something. I was, I was a, uh, I was a boy who was lost, a teenager who was lost. And, uh, Mr. Gaither came into my life. Um, and he, uh, he, sh- he showed me so many cool things and he was just so, he was such a, a soft spoken guy, you know, and, and not knowing what his, his, I didn't really know what his past was. You know, I just knew, yeah, he was in a, a POW camp, um, uh, for seven years in Vietnam. I, I didn't really understand all of that. Um. You know, and, and, uh, you know, he didn't care. He didn't care about that. He all, he really cared about is he wanted to, you know, bring out the best in me. Uh, and he did, I mean, he, he, he really taught me so much, so many things about just discipline, um, and doing the right thing. And I really needed that at the time, mm-hmm. um, when, you know, I was having issues in my family issues in high school, um, just didn't fit in. Uh, and he, uh, he made me, you know, he made me feel like I fit in. And, uh, and he really, he showed me so many cool things and, uh, and <laughs> he gave me a task one time it was to build a, uh, a brick path. Um, and I'll never forget this. Uh, and it's kind of been a, uh, a learning lesson in my life, but he told me to build a brick path and I was like, okay. And he showed me where he wanted it. Uh, and he wanted it from a building. Uh, the brick path from the building to uh, basically to the dock Um, they lived on a canal um, and uh, that emptied into uh, uh, into the bay and uh, or into the sound I mean and I was like okay I got this this is easy I could do this (laughs) so uh, so I did I put the bricks down uh, and uh, I and the path and after I was done I looked at it and I was like Well, that's not straight at all, Mm. you know, because I didn't do the prep work, you know, I didn't, I didn't put down strings, you know, to line it up. I didn't spend the time to dig it out, you know, make it nice little thing that I could lay the bricks in. No, I did it the easy way. I did it basically the teenager, the teenage kid way of doing it the fastest and most (laughs) expeditious way I could so I could get on the better things. So Mr. Gaither came out and he looked at it for a few minutes kind of, you know, went from different angles, you know, and looked at it and, and right off the get go, I knew that this, this wasn't, this wasn't good. I, <laughs> I knew this, this wasn't going to be a good conversation. Um, and, uh, and he looked at me and he looked back down at the ground and, and they looked back up at me and he said, uh, does this look straight to you? And, uh, and I said, well, uh, no, no, it doesn't. It, it really doesn't. And he said, well, why did you continue to go uh, through? It? And I was like, well, well, uh, you, you told me you want it done. So I did it, you know, and I got it done. He's like, well, did I tell you how fast to do it and when to get it done? I was like, no, you, you didn't. He's like, okay, well, therein lies the, you know, the secret to this. I said, you know, you you should have took your time. You should have, you know, put the, the prep work down and, and lined it up with strings. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And he's like, well, we'll show you. And immediately he gives me a class on how to put down a perfectly straight path, you know? And from right there, I learned, I learned a valuable lesson right at that point. And it was one is, you know, take your darn time, uh, that, you know, you don't have to be fast and, you know, furious and everything you do and, uh, and, you know, take time to do the prep work and take time to, you know, prepare and do it the right way. Um, and that, lesson has, you know, lasted to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, literally today when, you know, before talking to y'all on this podcast, you know, I was like, okay, uh, I got to make sure, you know, my headphones are working. Okay. They're not working right. Okay. I got to come up with a better plan. I got to make sure, you know, my computer's working, all this stuff. I would have, you know, and, and having that and then going into the uh, military and really, you know, being able to use it there also, uh, it was a great lesson learned and, and, and I'll never, you know, I, I just, I'll never forget him for it, you know, and I'll always be thankful for all the time that we spent. I mean, he took me up in his airplane. Uh, we got to fly one time to new Orleans, you know, I was a kid. He let me actually, uh, hold the stick on the uh, plane. It was called a very easy, uh, it was a plane that it was. And, uh, he told me, Hey, just keep the wing on the horizon and you'll be fine. And, uh, and I was okay. Uh, that's awesome. And that's where aviation, you know, started, you know, being an interest for me. Um, so I, I can't thank him enough for all the lessons that he taught me, um, and all the conversations we had on just life. Um, you know, lots of these conversations I never got from, from my grandfather. You know, um, I didn't get the conversations from my father because I never knew him. He died uh, when I was eight months old. So I never got to uh, have those conversations and have those learning lessons. Um, and I credit him for, uh, for you know, the, uh, the adult I am today.
1: How powerful that he provided the opportunity for you to Experience, experimentation and failure in a safe environment. Oh, absolutely. And, and then to learn from <laughs> It that. all
0: happened probably, I don't know. I think it was, you know, I probably did that thing in about 15, 20 minutes <laughs> when it should have took me about three to four hours, you know, so uh, it definitely, uh, it was a definite lessons learned and, uh, and I never forget it.
1: Yeah, same for me. I, I had similar experiences about work and discipline you know, at quite a young age mm-hmm. and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me too, as I'm prepping for getting... To meet you and have this conversation I'm metaphorically speaking mapping out the lines and very carefully figuring out you know how this this particular brick path of a conversation will meander and I love that story Uh, your logo has a peace symbol in it Mm. can you share that with us and and how that came to be
0: Um, it, it was a mutual, it was a mutual design that, um, me and a friend of mine did who actually did the sign for me. Um, again, another veteran, uh, who found metalworking to be his calling. Um, and we, uh, we, you know, we traded messages back and forth and, uh, and he was like, well, you know, how about a peace sign? Uh, and I was like, yeah, I, I can, I can see that, you know? And I was like, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's, that's what I want my farm to be. You know, I want it to be a peaceful place. I don't want to be a, you know, chaotic uh, craziness that it used to be, um, you know, during my deployment years, you know, it was, it was hectic, you know, it was uh, very hectic and, you know, sometimes out of control and, and not very peaceful. And uh, I wanted it to, I wanted it to represent the peace that I found um, now through, through my work and agriculture and, uh, and, you know, trying to help other veterans find, find their way. And, uh, and I just saw that as a powerful symbol for me to be able to, you know, put out there that, yeah, you come to my, uh, come to my farm and, and you'll find peace. You know, there, I don't like chaos out here, you know, it just doesn't work very well. Um, and, you know, and uh, along with, you know, my service dog dagger, you know, it, and the flowers, it, it, you know, I keep the peace around here and I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That certainly comes across. (laughs) I try. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you've also posted your third eye tattoo. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Was that drawn by Alex Gray? It, inspired. it was
0: It uh yes alex great art it was actually for the um the tool album uh, ladderless um is where where it was first okay. where it first came out um i found it to be very moving i found it to be something that you know i gravitated to um yes i'm a big uh, tool fan <laughs> you know that's that's music i grew up with uh and uh and I just I found it to be very important. I found it, you know, to be uh, kind of a, a symbol of, you know, um, of, of growth for me, of, of you know, the proverbial spiraling out, you know, and and uh, and that's that's why I wanted it. Um, you know, I gave it to uh, my tattoo artist who I've had. Uh, going on over 10 years, has done most of the artwork that I've had on my body. And uh, and he was like, absolutely, man. I love Alex, Alex Gray work and, uh, and we're going to do this. Um, the selection for it where I put it on my arm really... Uh, no significance to that. It was basically an empty space. Uh, and uh, I couldn't really, I didn't want to put it on my chest. <laughs> I didn't want to put it anywhere, but I, I thought, you know, that my forearm would be the best. So one that people could see it. And then I could also see it all the time. Every time I look down, you know, I see that and I just see it as me uh, expanding out uh, in my life. And, uh, and I just look at as My life has, uh, has a lot to offer uh, I see, you know, my, the, my third eye being, uh, agriculture and, uh, providing, um, you know, a, a way to give back to my fellow veterans. Uh, and this is, this is, uh, this is a big symbol for me and I love it.
1: Yeah. It seemed like it. So I was so curious what you thought mm-hmm. about it and what you would say. Oh yeah. So earlier you mentioned horticulture therapy. Can you tell us a bit more about what that is and your involvement with it?
0: Uh, yeah. So horticulture therapy, it's, it's not new, um, per se it's, but it's coming, I think into more of the mainstream, you know, I, I, again, I'm not a licensed, uh, you know, therapist or, or, you know, a, uh, graduated with a, a degree in horticulture therapy, you know, it's something that I've, uh, I've just taken on. Um, I'm currently actually, I'm in college myself right now. I'm actually, uh, taking some, uh, to be a, a certificate program to teach, uh, agricultural education. Um, so I've, I've actually delved into horticulture therapy a little bit more. And I, what I found is so fascinating about it was, you know, the, the, the working with plants to be able to provide comfort, solace and a therapeutic, you know, way for somebody to get through life. And, and I just, I found it so fascinating how, you know, the change that comes to, to people when, when they immediately start, you know, messing with plants, soil, anything that, you know, we grow in the ground. It's just, it's really cool. And honestly, you could almost call it, you know, agricultural therapy um, and not just horticulture, because I mean, I experienced the same thing with my cows. Um, When I had my livestock or I had my horses, um, granted now, you know, flowers and plants, they won't kick you uh, and you know, and they won't—they won't, they won't <laughs> charge after you. Uh, so there is a little bit of, of less stress, um, but just the the overall working with that, you know, something outside of yourself. You know, you you're actually you got you're providing for these animals. You're you're providing for these plants. You know, you're you know, as I call myself the plant daddy. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I am now. You know, and and I find that, wow, that gives me so much of a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, and how cool is that when, you know, you may, you know, just nothing else is working for you and, and, and you, you get into doing something with horticulture plants or just something with agriculture. And I, I see an immediate change in people. I do. Um, I, I see how this, this overwhelming calmness just comes to them, you know, and I've seen it firsthand, um, out at my place, uh, when I have, people come out for photo sessions. Um, you know, when I do agritourism events on my farm and when they come out, I just, I see an immediate change once they walk out into one of the flower rows and they start touching it and I'll just watch them. Um, and it is, it's a lot of it's observation that I do and I can see it and they'll look back at me and their eyes are automatically lit up, you know, and, and that's from little children up to, you know, uh, older adults, you know, and it's the same response. They always give the same response. Like, oh my God, this is beautiful, you know, and, and it's so, like, yes, it's, it's one of the greatest therapies I could ever think of. Mm. Um, you know, and it's, it's so much to me, you know, if, if, you know, having, you know, a therapeutic session out in my flower garden, I, I could see that as just being the perfect utopian <laughs> thing to do, you know, just to sit out and be able to talk with a therapist, you know, in a garden or in a, in a farm agriculture setting and just all that all that stuff that's that's surrounding you just gives you an overwhelming sense of calmness and uh, and i love it i'm a big supporter of it i am
1: mm, yeah i could see that connecting with nature you're expanding your sense of self beyond what's going on internally to something external Absolutely. and larger than yourself and you're you can drop the ego you know, you
0: can drop your ego. You can, you know, drop your, the, the self image, you know, the, the, you know, the everything you can just focus on what's in front of each of the time, because no matter what, uh, you know, a flower, no matter who you are, you know, it's going to bring a smile to your face. I've never, again, I've never seen anybody have a frown when holding a flower or, or holding a bouquet. I mean, I, I've, I've seen the smile as they walk away from me. And when they walk right by me in my booth, they're still smiling. And, uh, and that's, that's just amazing it's the greatest thing I've, I've probably ever seen
1: that is amazing and you're also teaching
0: i am uh, i'm an adjunct professor for uh, Ember riddle aeronautical university where i teach uh, uh, introduction to uh, aeronautics and also uh, i'm started now uh, getting to teaching in robotics um, drone uh, use um, photography and also uh, um, the one that I teach the most is aviation legislation, which uh, basically it chronicles the, uh, the beginning from the Wright brothers all the way up to the space program and uh, how all of that has been uh, managed through uh, government, um, United States government, and also uh, um, other places, other countries and stuff. And uh, and I find, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, it's another, just another tool that I have to to, you know, to give me self-worth and, and to give me something to do and to provide, you know, again, purpose, motivation, and direction. Um, you know, cause I have to, I have to check those, uh, I have to check those, uh, students' progress every day. Uh, I have to check in with them at least every couple of days, but I like to, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, uh, adjuncts that likes to be very active in his class. Um, it's all online stuff. I don't teach in the classroom. So I just teach, uh, worldwide. Uh, but I again, it, it provides so much satisfaction for me. Um, it's a great university. Um, all the students I get are just so awesome. They're all up and coming aviators uh, and/or working in the aviation industry, um, and the, and they're all just wide-eyed, waiting, to learn. And and I just again, I I same thing. It provides such a great um, great you know purpose, motivation, and direction for me to be able to you know teach the, teach them something. You know, I'm a a lifelong, you know, learner, and I'm also a lifelong teacher. You know, if I think, you know, you know, knowledge is power, but if you don't share it, then you know, it's not worth anything. So, you know, and I, I definitely want to be one that can say that I passed on, you know, everything that I've known to as many people as I can, you know, during this lifetime, you know, because that's that's how that's how knowledge is passed, you know, and and you know, and I, I believe that, you know, that everybody should, you know get back in, start learning, you know, something. Don't, don't just sit idly by, you know, always, always strive to learn something new. Um, it, it's uh, it's provides again, you know, a good purpose, motivation, direction, and also provides, you know, something to do and to, and to learn something new. You, you can't pass that up.
1: That's powerful. Thank you. Your students are lucky to have you.
0: I hope so. <laughs> I hope so.
1: So where can people find you online and, not just your website, but social media accounts as well.
0: Sure. Um, that's uh, at Jordan Farms TN, like Tennessee, uh, Jordan Farms TN. So I have a farm page uh, through Facebook and also through Instagram and also through my website, jordanfarmstn.com, um, all those things. I try to keep up as much as I can on them. Uh, social media can be uh, can be a chore sometimes. Um, but also, it's very important to me because that's how I want, you know, people to, to know, hey, here's my message. Uh, here's my farm. Um, and also, you know, basically, you know, vicariously enjoy the farm through social media with me. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and if, if you're out close by and you want to, you know, come visit and see what I do, I'm always uh, available for farm visits and uh, to come learn something new.
1: Are there any self-care practices that you have to do every day or a few times throughout the week to help maintain the the balance and effectiveness that you you now have in your life?
0: Yes, I have to get out and I have to I have to smell the air. I have to get out and experience the fresh air. I have to get out and I have to put my bare feet on the ground. It doesn't matter if it's winter, you know. I, I go outside my bare feet, well, I have my boots on or something. I go out in my greenhouse you know, or it's not too dang cold and I'll take my, take my boots off, take my, you know, my, my, you know, farm wear of choice or Crocs. So I'll, uh, you know, take off the Crocs, put my feet in the ground and, uh, and that's what I need. Um, You know, it's, uh, you know, yoga, uh, I may, you know, I don't need to do yoga every day or, you know, every week to, to have that, but I do need to be out. I do need to be out in my, you know, in my farm and put my, you know, feet or hands in the ground to to ground me and to, uh, and just to rent, you know, restate to myself that, you know, that I matter that, you know, I, I have a purpose in this life, even though at some points in my life, I didn't think I did. And, uh, and I'll be, you know, I'm not afraid to say that, you know, I've, I've, I've seen, you know, at some points, you know, the, this, you know, the, the, the barrel of of a gun, you know, and I'm not gonna, I don't, you know, I tell people that all the time that yes, I have, you know, um, thought of committing suicide and thought of taking my own life, but immediately I shift to I, I need to be here. I, I know I have a purpose. You know, I know I can provide um, something and give back to to my fellow man. You know, and woman. And, you know, and I, I need to be around to do that. And uh, suicide is just not something that uh, that I need to be doing. Uh, I need to be getting out with people. And, uh, and showing them, you know, the agricultural world and the world of yoga, that it's, it's, uh, it's a great place to be.
1: Well, I sincerely, deeply hope that for anyone having similar thoughts or experiences, that they hear your words and, and seek out other services that exist. One option is the Veterans Crisis Line. The phone number here in the U.S. is 800 800- 273-8255 and press the number one
0: absolutely yeah if any if anybody you know listen this has ever thought you know that i've reached the rock bottom that you know no one has ever felt like this and i'm i'm worthless you're not the only one you know i have felt the same way i have know several you know my friends have felt the same way um but you have purpose you you have you know you have worth Um, you mean something to somebody and most of all, you mean something to yourself. So, you know, don't, don't waste your life, you know, get out and enjoy it. You only have one life, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's live it every day. Like it's your last day. And, and I do believe in that.
1: Well, that's a beautiful place to end, Charlie. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, for being so open and vulnerable, for uh, letting us know that. We're enough. We're adequate. We're not alone. And for sharing the beautiful work that you're doing in the world, thank you.
0: All right, no problem. Thank you. And and I can't thank y'all enough for giving me an opportunity to do this. So anytime I can share my story, um, I I definitely you know if if somebody can learn from me uh, or just basically be able to experience a better life because of something you know I've I've taught them or or showed them, then uh, then I think I've I've won the I've won the award you know for life. Uh, So and I, I absolutely love it.
1: Thank you to our entire team behind the scenes at GLOW. I'm so grateful for your care and commitment to serving our members around the world. Thank you to our teachers for so beautifully sharing your gifts and talents. I'm also grateful to our lovely community of GLOW members. You've supported us since 2008, and because of you, we get to continue to do the work we love. It's the combined support of our team, our teachers, and our community that grants me the privilege to continue to bring you the GLOW podcast. Thank you to Lee Schneider, Red Cub Agency, for production support. And the beautiful music you're hearing now is by Carrie Rodriguez and her husband, Luke Jacobs. And remember, take care of yourself because our world needs you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. You can find The Glow Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or glo.com slash podcast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Derek Mills.